0: Hello, and thank you for joining the podcast called Checkup. I am your host, Kenny Mitchum, and on this podcast, we will be talking primarily about sports. Basketball will be our main focus, but it's not just limited to basketball. We'll be talking a lot about sports in South Carolina, as I am from South Carolina, and the majority of our guests will be from South Carolina. You'll get to hear from players, ex-players, coaches, trainers, and people who are the best at what they do. People we all can learn something from. People who have dedicated countless hours in the pursuit to perfect their craft. People who win. Everyone wants to win, and everyone wants to hear from a winner. We all want to know what it takes to be a winner, and hopefully this podcast will shed some light on exactly what it takes to do so. Thank you for your time, and thank you for joining. Welcome back checkup podcast. I'm your host, Coach Kenny Mitchum. We have a very, very special guest today. Um, our our guest coaches and has coached for the past 15 years. Um, he's coached for Coach K at Duke University. He's coached for Jim Bayheim at Syracuse University. If you don't believe us, we got the pictures to prove it, baby. Um, he's one of my longest friendships that I have. Um, he's the current head coach of Ashley Ridge High School in Somerville, South Carolina. He's straight from the Chuck, right off the Savage Road. My boy, Coach Curtis Capers. What's happening, Coach?
1: Hey, Coach. How's everything going, man?
0: Man, everything is everything is good, man. It was a great day today, and um, it was just awesome, man. Great weather and everything. Uh, where you at?
1: Oh, I'm at home, man. I'm, I'm at home. I can't. I can't be out in all of this, man. I'm at home, just relaxing, just take, just trying to take it, take it easy, man, and enjoy where's this home, weekend. Where's home for you? A home Somerville, in Somerville. Somerville, South a home, Carolina. A home, a home in Somerville, South Carolina, not too far from the school. Yeah. So if they ever need me up there, if I ever have to get up there and, and you know, real quick for anything, right. it's not too far. Not too far at all.
0: Coach, you're so you're you're a high school coach now and um you also teach at the school. Um what do you see as far as uh, the covid, how has it affected high school sports and 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 um you know, how is it going to affect the future? Do you think what will we have will we even have a basketball season, you think?
1: Well, I'm not I'm not exactly sure, coach. We uh it has affected it tremendously with 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 the normalcy. You know, we have is so much going on. Um, you know, the high school league came out with some with some phases and the, the NFHS came out with, with some phases and rules and guidelines that we must abide by and then the athletic directors and the and the the, the people in the district office had a meeting uh to to kind of I guess figure out how we can, how we can actually still be able to do things with the kids, even with COVID-19 going on, but it has been, it has been an uphill battle, um, just trying to figure out when, when we can actually get back and be able to do something. But I do understand with COVID, we have to be, uh, very cautious because we want to make sure that everyone is safe and, and, and no one is, you know, affected or no one, you know, contacts this, this, this virus.
0: Right. And I think, um, you, know, they, they, you know, it's affected us, um, you know, big time going forward. I think uh, as of right now, we can't have too many people in the gym. We can't we can. Well, we can't use just one ball. I think we can't we can't be too close together. It's hard to have a, uh, a sport like basketball when you can't you have to stay six feet away from each other. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Right. Because with, with our sport, it you know, we, we 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 breathe heavy or excessively. We sweat. You know, we we touch each other. Um, right. We're all touching one basketball um at, at times. So yes, it is extremely hard like a sport like basketball. And we're also in a confined area. We're inside a building. That's right. Um so it's 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 tough, man. It really is. It's tough for for basketball, it's tough with, with wrestling, which is another winter sport. Winter sports are, are really affected by this along with fall sports, but right. I think winter sports is it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different,
0: Coach. Who you got um, when they continue the season, the NBA championship, uh, NBA season? Who who you got winning the championship?
1: I'm gonna have to go with the Clippers.
0: The Clippers.
1: I'm, I'm gonna have to go with the Clippers. Yeah, man. Hey. I'm gonna have to go with the Clippers.
0: What What do you? Th- I mean, I think it's definitely coming out of L.A. The championship is, but what are your What are your deciding factors with the Clippers? Like, what 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 makes you lean more towards the Clippers than the Lakers?
1: Um, I think the Clippers are a much better defensive team overall. Okay. I think they can they can guard. Um,
0: they can guard they have, one through five too. Yes,
1: I believe they can guard one through five. I believe they have a they have a very good bench.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
1: they got a really good bench, and and you're going to need that when you when you're playing in the playoffs. Um, and then and then their coaching is good too. They have a they have an experienced coach in Doc Rivers, who's who's you know who's played but who's also coached. Um, on a high level and, and won a championship when he was with Boston back in 2008. So yep. I, I just feel as though the Clippers are going to – they're going to pull it. I think they're going to yeah, pull it I off. Yeah, I think
0: – and I think the um, the deciding factor with that is, you know, they're they're pretty well evenly matched, even though uh, Anthony Davis, he's going to be a really, really uh, big handful for anybody that's guarding them. But I really yes. feel like um, the deciding factor is going to come down to the coach. I think Doc Rivers is the better coach. Um, of the you know of, of the of the two teams, you know what I mean? Right, right. So how and are they? So how are they going to do the? Um, I guess they're they're not doing east or west this year. They're doing like one through what? One through uh, ten? One through I twenty? Think, like I that. think
1: it's one through like twenty-two. I think okay. they're doing the top twenty-two teams. I believe. Um, right. I've, been, I've been following it a little bit and watching it on, listening to to some of the um, the the talk shows on ESPN and on FS1. But I believe yep. it's going to be the top twenty two teams and I don't think it's gonna be based off a conference. I think it's just the best twenty-two teams in the NBA and I think they're gonna go from there. Um gotcha. and it's gonna be you know it's gonna be kinda of interesting because you have they're gonna start I think maybe near the end of July, maybe, and mm-hmm. it's gonna go I think maybe into like October. And then it's oh, supposed really? to Yeah, I think I think now and then I think they're supposed to be turning around and starting back up maybe like first of December. So it's not gonna be that much downtime from finishing off the nineteen twenty season and then jumping right into the twenty twenty one season
0: gotcha I, I did not know that. I thought that they were just kind of jumping right into the playoffs there, uh, but I guess they're going to they, they're going to have some preliminary games to get get everything back going again and then have the um the 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 bracket system you know what I mean I think so
1: yeah I think so
0: so coach did, uh, did, switching back to uh, high school sports did, did you get a chance I know you saw Dorman last year um in the in the championship when they played Goose Creek cuz uh or not, um uh, Berkeley cuz I saw you um at uh at the uh, stadium in Columbia I saw you there but did you did you get a chance to check them out this year
1: I got to see them this summer so this past summer um I saw them in Spartanburg because we were fortunate enough to go up to Spartanburg to play um in a in a at a team camp um up at the Upward Center. You know, okay. magnificent facility and Dorman was there. And I saw PJ Hall and Miles Tate and saw those what guys. What was your
0: takeaway from that team, man?
1: No one can beat them that they're gonna repeat again. That they were yes. just they they're they're just phenomenal. They had, I think, maybe like six or seven division one players on the team, maybe eight. Um, Yes. So they were, they were just, they were, they were up there. They were able to compete on a national level, but unfortunately I don't, you know, they weren't able to because COVID-19 because I believe they were supposed to play in the national tournament this year in, I think maybe April. I think that's what it was. It was either in April or May of this year that, that that they were going to host the national tournament And Dorman was cleared by the South Carolina high school league to play in that tournament. But, like I said, they I don't think they were able to play since uh, COVID nineteen just kind of you know took everybody right. everyone by surprise and changed up changed up things for everybody.
0: Yeah, because I think uh, uh, Coach Sexton um, and myself we went up to uh, Columbia this year to watch them play, and we saw um, the other team come out. And we were like, "Oh, okay, this you know this is gonna be a pretty good game." And then we saw Dorman come out, and we were like. We look I remember we both looked at each other, we're like, this ain't even gonna be a game, man. And um, you know, that the, the the center, PJ Hall, I think he just has so much foot, his footwork is so great, you know what I mean? It's just yeah, you know, it's so um seasoned, you know what I mean? It's like well beyond his time, you know? Yeah. So and he that cat can shoot three pointers too, so it's really man, uh the guy's really good, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, he is. He's he's a special guy.
0: Oh, what's, your, what's your, um, what's your, what, uh, switching gears for a minute around town. What's
1: your favorite place to eat, man? Oh, favorite place to eat. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's either slaughterhouse barbecue by Nigel's. Hey, where's or, the, okay. Okay. Right next to Nigel's
0: right, right next to Nigel's or Nigel's
1: like they're owned by the same people, but those oh, are really? the, the, yeah. Nigel's and slaughterhouse barbecue are actually owned by the same person. And, um, Speaking of slaughterhouse, I just had that right before I, I spoke with you. So yes, that that so what I What did you have? have? Did you my...
0: have the barbecue or did you have the ribs? What did you have?
1: The Geechee Wings, Coach, the Geechee Wings.
0: The Geechee Wings? Well, so Nigel, Nigel's Geechee wings are fire too.
1: It's the same way. It's the same recipe. Okay, it's the same thing. Same okay. exact recipe.
0: Yep. Gotcha. I did not know they were owned by the same people. And um, Coach Sexton is a huge, huge barbecue fan. And so we're going to have to go there. Um, Yes. We we went to, um, uh, what do you call it, Uh, Rodney Scott's Barbecue downtown um, this past week. And it was fire, man. We had the ribs. They were slamming, man. Really? You said Rodney
1: Scott's night? Okay, Rodney
0: Scott's. Okay, I think I Rodney Scott's is off of uh, King Street. And um, just as soon as you get out the car to go inside, uh, the the smell, it just overwhelms you. And it's so good, man. It was really good. You have to try it out. Now, I will tell you, them boys are taxing, though. They're a little pricey, but they're (laughs) really good. Okay, I'm going to
1: have to try that out. Rodney Scott's downtown on King Street. Yeah, I know. I wonder if it's the same Rodney Scott that I may know if he's from West Ashley but yeah, yeah well to try it
0: out he, he um he first they first had a store out in hemingway and then they moved their way on to charleston so okay um you know i don't know if it may be the same guy that you know or not but yeah um but definitely worth a try if you, you if you got a little you got you, you got to have a little change on you yeah, when you go right. but okay you know it's good. good so this episode of the checkup podcast is brought to you by the charleston Dent company Have you ever gotten a dent in your vehicle and over time the eyesore becomes more and more noticeable? Or maybe you have drove through a hailstorm and now your vehicle looks like a golf ball. Well, let the professionals at the Charleston Dent Company help restore your vehicle today. By using the process of paintless dent removal, the metal can be brought back to original finish without using paint or Bondo, thus saving you time and money. Call the Charleston Dent Company today at four six zero eight four five eight that's right eight four three four six zero eight four five eight and let the charleston dent company help restore your vehicle um coach so let's switch gears for a minute let's um i want to talk about um your past i want to talk about your present and then i want to talk about your future and where you see things going at Ashton Ridge high school um you know, um I know you don't like to talk a lot about yourself if anybody, yeah, if anybody knows Coach Capers, you will never hear him really talk about himself um he's a very very selfless person, and um you know he 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 takes the word "I" and me" out of his uh vocabulary uh, but coach, I want to pick your brain for a little bit um I want to give people a background of who coach Capers is um uh, I want to give them a current State of who Coach Capers is and then who Coach Capers is going to be. <laughs> um, so uh, let's let's take it all the way back to, to seventh grade. Um, I think I first met you at Evangel Christian School um, on Savannah Highway. Um, and for those of you that don't know where Evangel Christian is or what Evangel Christian School uh is, what it is, um, it's right on the outskirts of West Ashley. Um, it's a private Christian school. Um we, we they make us wear uniforms uh we have chapel and tie on Wednesdays they don't allow facial hair um you know the the the, the church is right attached to the school uh, First Assembly of God is the name of the church they have kids from all different walks of life uh, kids from Somerville Charleston Hollywood Johns Island James Island you name it they had kids coming from everywhere in the low country that was coming to that school and um it was just a good um, just a great school, you know um what was your take from from evangel christian
1: um evangel basically you you covered it all it was it was christian based it was it was a lot of a lot of good people um, you met people from different backgrounds from all over the low country um, I really enjoyed it and i i took a i took a lot away from evangel um not just christian based but work ethic um study skills. Um, people skills uh Mm -hmm. a lot a a lot of faith a lot of faith and belief which that was already instilled in me before I even attended evangel because that's something that my mom and father um instilled in my brother and I so that was already there so going to you know being fortunate or blessed to be able to attend that school from sixth through ninth grade um it really really helped it really helped, and um it was a great experience right. man it was a great experience it was a great experience going it was a great experience meeting you um in that that yep. summer uh, of, of or that year you know of 1994 uh in miss brown's class in low country history and um yep it was it was yep. it was amazing man it was it was good yep
0: and i transferred there uh, i was in somerville schools all the way up until sixth grade and after i graduated my sixth grade year i went to Evangel Christian, we moved out to Hollywood, South Carolina, and we. My mama sent me to um, uh, Evangel Christian, and um, and it was the first time that I actually been around just people who love basketball. Um, of course, you know, whenever I was in uh, Somerville, you know, we had the street ballers or whatever. But as far as like people who just actually live, eat, sleep basketball, that's the first time I actually was around. You know, ballers. Would Would you agree, Coach?
1: Well, yes, yes. Um, And I think that's because, well, one, it's located in West Ashley. And in West Ashley, we, you know, we grew up playing a lot of basketball. And it's still like that, where guys play basketball. They play a lot of basketball. It's heavy. And then the guys that that were there when we were there, they came from places like James Island, where James Island, they play basketball. They play basketball. Guys from John's Island, they play basketball. Guys from, you know, Ravenel from West Ashley, they played a lot of basketball. So, yes, I think it was a lot more basketball guys there and it really, it really, really helped. It really helped with those right. guys being there. And and, right. and with that, we had, um, you know, we had incentives to be able to play basketball because of the kind of curriculum that we had to, we had to work on and the way that the teachers were and the way that the system and everything was set up where what one of the rewards or perks or privileges, I should say to us, doing our work doing what we were supposed to you know making the kind of grades that we needed to make we were allowed and fortunate enough to actually go and play basketball beyond and it was it was great yes. it was a great experience yes.
0: and they call that uh the green dot break for anybody <laughs> yeah. that don't know what that is um, you know it, it, the green dot break was so important to us as the seventh graders eighth graders even not even the high schoolers it was so important to us because it gave us an extra 15 20 what was it 30 minutes maybe to to go it, downstairs and play basketball it,
1: it it was like a it was it was like another it was like another class it was almost like a like a basketball class right. we, we took it like as a basketball class cuz it gave us a, it was actually like 45 minutes coach it was like they gave, oh, yeah it was okay. about 30 to 45 minutes based on the day um because they were flexible because yep. it was a private school so they would they could they could fluctuate the actual times of when we would go or or how long we could go. So it would go, you yes. know, 45 minutes, sometimes an hour. And you know what we did, you know, we're down there playing with with, with Dicky pants and, and a in and a, yep. a white polo shirt. We're playing basketball. We're taking our, our, our shirts out of our pants and and balling. <laughs> and then we got the yellow stains underneath our polo because we've been sweating so hard. And, and yes, I gotta sir. go home and hear my mom's mouth about. You know why your shirt looked like that? And I'm like, Mom, I was playing it. They wouldn't let me take my shirt off, so we we had to play like this. So I got to go yes. home and spray shout in my, in my underneath my armpits to wash to get the stains out because you know you only get like three or four shirts and a two pair of pants, three pair of pants, and
0: yeah, you know, and, that's, and we got to hey, wear it every so, day,
1: Monday through Friday.
0: Yes, sir. And coach, it used to kill me. So I think that's what what kept us uh, doing our uh, work. And why we're so diligent in doing our work is because we wanted to make that green dot break so we can go downstairs and play basketball for an extra 45 minutes before the other people even got downstairs. And, um, you know, like you mentioned, we were playing in Dickies. I think I could play probably better in Dickies than I could probably in shorts at that point. You know what I mean? Yes. And, um, Coach. So we had a teacher that was uh that, that that used to play with us, Mr. Openberger. Shout out to Mr. Openberger. He, man, this cat would go hard. He would go harder than the students sometimes, right? Yeah,
1: he would. And now that I think back, Mr. Openberger had a little bit of a game. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't all that fast. Yes. He was older, but he had a he had a nice little mid range shot. He could he could make it from the elbow or you know right there from the left wing about fifteen to sixteen feet. He had a nice little shot. It wasn't bad.
0: Yes, sir. I didn't want yes, him. On my, I didn't yes. want him to
1: be on my team. I always wanted to play him. So like. <laughs> yeah, I, he, I didn't want him to be on my team because I, I wanted oh, to be. Man. I wanted to play against them so I could, so I could, you know, that's rag right. A little bit,
0: right? And so, coach, when whenever the basketball season started, we had a um a coach, a very very good coach. I feel like uh, Co- Coach Wright. I think uh, did he pass yeah. away? I think yeah, Coach
1: Wright. Uh, okay, R I P. Coach passed, Wright. He passed, he passed away. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. I, I talk- so, but we had Coach Wright. How how how? What was your take on Coach Wright? Um. Coach Wright was a
1: very good coach. He was he was a very good coach. Um, I learned a lot from him. He also was an official. I think he was a he was a referee um, either, either oh, really? right before that time or a little bit after that time. I think it was a little bit before that time he was an official. So I think he knew the game. He knew the game uh, as far as, like, how to play it, play it the right way, and he could teach us, especially since with him being a, an official, with him being a referee, he knew what the referee's, would look for and wouldn't look and that's would right. not look for, and that kind of helped. Uh, I think that kind of helped him as a coach, and it sure helped me on how to how to view the game. Um, back when yeah. I was kind of in the seventh grade, but I, I just didn't I didn't see it like that at right. the time. But now, when I think back to when he was our coach back in in, in sixth grade, seventh grade, that that's 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 what he was doing.
0: Yeah, so. So what you said uh, just now, that makes sense for me now. So I didn't realize that he was a previous official uh, before he started coaching because he really, really understood the game and how to, um, you know, how to get fouls and how not to get fouls. I remember specifically, um, he, he, you know, he taught us uh, instead of reaching for the ball, whenever you go for a steal, swipe up, right. you know, and, uh, you know, and so it would, it would prevent uh, the officials from, you know, or at least it would make it look like you weren't, you know, fouling the guy. You know what I mean?
1: Yes. So yes, I agree,
0: Coach. how How do you, how did we do that season? I don't really remember how we did that seventh grade year. Do, do you remember? I think we were on JV that at that point, right?
1: Yeah. Yes, I believe we were we were on JV that year. Um, I really don't remember how well we did. Um, yeah. But I do believe the varsity team was was somewhat decent. But I I just don't remember how Listen, we did on JV. That
0: varsity team was solid, man. That vars that varsity team, uh, Lorenzo, um, you know, Jeff Olson, we, they had some really really good guys on that team, man. And um, I remember just just looking up to those guys whenever I was in seventh grade. I was like, man, that, th- those guys are, are, are re- they really got it, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. We looked up to um, those guys: Lorenzo Gilliard, uh, Rudy Wright, Jeff Olson. Mm-hmm um I think Akil might have been on that team Akil snipe yeah they 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 were solid they were solid yep and so
0: coach we coach we graduated seventh grade and we we went into eighth grade we um I think you started playing a little bit of varsity at that point um I was back and forth between JV and varsity um you know uh Mr. Gibson took over what what uh what type of coach did you what what did you take away from Mr. Gibson
1: um Mr. Gibson was more I think he might have been more of an offensive guy I think he with him being from like Indiana, I remember he he could he yep. wasn't he wasn't really I don't think a a coach coach, but he knew basketball um, because like they say I think everybody right. in Indiana plays basketball or or knows a little bit about basketball. So I know he could I can remember he could he could shoot it. He could shoot it very well. He used to walk around and have like a big key ring on his side or the side of his pocket with like all these keys because mm-hmm. you know he was the he was the principal and the headmaster of the school. So. Yep. So he would he would walk around with those keys and he would never take those keys off. And they would pick up the basketball and he could shoot it and he could shoot it really well. Um
0: coach, how about the how about the hook shot from half court that Mr. Gibson used yeah, to shoot? Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what you do uh, now. You are Mr. Gibson no. now, Coach. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah not, except I don't have all those keys. Yeah, I might be Mr. Gibson. Hey yo, he, hey, yo, he keys. used to make that joint too, bro. <laughs> yeah, he used to make it. He used to make it. It was like a trick Man. shot. It was like a trick shot. He could shoot from half court and make it. Like if he shot it three times, he gonna make it at least one, one two times
0: easy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so, coach, uh, when we played um, our eighth grade year, um, I played behind you most of the time. I really didn't get that much burn. Um, and the and the number two guy, um, the the shooting, uh, or actually the the number two guy, Keith. He was. Um, he was on he was really really quick but he cherry picked a lot he didn't really play a lot of defense but he did score a lot of points and so i really didn't get that much of a burn because i played behind both of you guys um you know it was a little bit of a blur but how did you how do you remember that team being were we good yeah
1: we we were actually solid um eighth grade i i couldn't remember if that was the eighth grade year or if that was ninth grade year with when with when, when keith mm-hmm. playing but if it was eighth grade year yeah keith keith he played some defense. Like if a guy shot the ball and I, and I think this might've been one of Mr. Gibson's strategies where if he, if a guy shot the basketball, Keith would contest it, right. but then after he contested, he would go like he would release. He's often like he released. So it's like, if the guy shoots the jump shot, you contest it, you release, we get the rebound and then we just kind of chuck it down. He and get an easy basket. So, and, and, yep. and I've yep. and I've been around some other, so I've been around some other coaches that have taught that. So, I don't think it was just all Keith. It could have been some coaching too. I'm not sure. But now that I'm older and have more experience, I have noticed the seen that some coaches actually do teach that. And I think that's and I think right. that's what, what what Keith I think that's something that Keith was actually doing where it came to compress right. the he shot. He re-releases. We get the rebound. We see him, even though sometimes we got a little frustrated, like, man, I don't want to pass it because it doesn't seem like he's playing defense, but he's, when you think back, he contested the shot, we get the rebound, we chuck it, and then he gets an easy two. So. Right.
0: That's right. That's right. So, Coach, one of the, one of the um, teams that I remember playing that year, uh, every time we saw him on the schedule, man, I would, like, cringe because they were just so much bigger and so much more athletic than us. Um, uh, I was telling Coach Sexton about this the other day. Um, he mentioned one of his friends came from Garrett Academy. And when we used to play Garrett Academy, coach, them cats were something else, man. Um what do, what what do you remember about playing Garrett? Well,
1: um, well Garrett, they always had size compared to us because remember we're a small private school. Um we were in I don't even think we were in Skeeza. We were like in a in a our own private private uh independent league. So we didn't really play too right. many other private schools around the area. I think we had to play mm-hmm. um we had to play maybe like a a rec league all-star team or, or once we went to, once we went to the state qualifying convention that we went to in, in white, um, white Oak up near Columbia, we would play in our convention there. But um, what I remember about Garrett is Garrett always had size. Uh, Garrett was always Mm -hmm. fast. They were always long. Um, They were always athletic and they
0: were, they were always good compared to compared to us
1: and, Coach,
0: so what about the guy uh, that uh, that ended up breaking the three-point record on us, Robbie Seabrook? Uh, coach, weren't you were you guarding him no, in that game? I wasn't
1: guarding him. I don't think anybody was guarding him. He he was we were playing, I think, a okay. two-three zone and he hit like, I don't know, 12 to 14 threes that game. One, one thing that I remember about that game, coach, is I remember we were on offense and I can't I think they might have gotten a steal. I think he might have gotten a steal and he was was all by himself. It was one on zero, and he ran down the court, and this was the second half. He ran down the court all by himself with the basketball, dribbled, (laughs) stopped at the top of the key, looked over his shoulder to see if anybody was around, turned around, nobody was around, stopped at the top of the key and shot a three-pointer, and it went in. And aired aired it it out. A one-on-zero three-pointer, and it went in. Now let me tell you coach if wow. anybody on our team does that they better have a lot of nerve <laughs> because if they miss that shot right they might they might not the go line, back coach. in the game <laughs> <laughs> right but yes i do remember that man. about that game and every i mean they won by 30 35 so i mean you know it was yeah. it was it was big it was big you know it was a big game
0: yeah coach how did we do how did we do that game i mean i mean how did we do that year um did we how far did we go? I can't remember.
1: Well, that game, that game, we lost by like twenty-five or thirty. Um, I did, I do yeah. remember. I did have a good game because my mom told me that one of the coaches was on the radio radio show the next night, talking uh, about the game and, and made some references to me. Um, so, I, but I do that I do remember um, that season. Okay. As far as that season, I think we did pretty well. I think we went to the, the state qualifying convention that we went to. For the, the private school league, it's not, it wasn't Skeesa. It was a different private school league back then. It was I think ninety five right. or so, 90, 95, 96. But uh, I think we won. I believe we won at the state qualifying, um, the state qualifying convention that we that we played at that uh, with Evangel that year.
0: Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And so you end up, um, you. I think I left for my ninth grade year. I went to Somerville, but you stayed at Evangel for ninth grade and then. You went on to Middleton your tenth grade year. I think you were there tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. That's correct. Um, how was that experience going to Middleton? Um, it was. Uh,
1: it was good. It was good. I. Um, I had already known some of the guys before I before I went to Middleton because you know I had already I lived in West Ashley, so um, by me going living in West Ashley and going to play at the park because back then. You know, you go play at the park. Whether you go play at the park in Orleans Gardens, um, or Orleans Woods, I should say, off of off behind next to Citadel Mall, or if we go to the park, Orange Grove Park, over off of Orange Grove Road. You know, or if we go, or we go play at the, in the Forest, or if we go play at St. Andrew's Parks yeah. and Playgrounds, or if we go play uh, at um, the apartment one of the apartment complexes over there. Um, you just go. You, you, right. everybody knows everybody. You know, and they know who the ball is all. They know the guys that are pretty good. They know the guys that aren't good. So luckily, I was one of those guys that were decent and had a a little bit of a jump shot where the guys, you know, they they respect my my, my game some. So when I transferred my ninth grade year to my sophomore year to go to Middleton, um, I knew a lot of the guys. And the the head coach at the time, which his name is Sam Meade, he uh, he went to College of Charleston and had his jersey retired. He was one of the leading scorers until – some other guys came yeah. Oh yeah. really Sam Mead went to went to College of Charleston, had got his jersey retired, is hanging up in, in T D Arena right now. And um and he he was my coach at the time and he was actually my uncle's coach, my youngest uncle, uh, Travis Capers. Sam Mead coached him. So when I got there and he, he saw my name and I told him who I was, you know, I think that kind of was a little bit of an end on top of having some game. So I think that I think that sure. that, that helped you know
0: coach coach I didn't know uh the, the varsity coach but I did know coach Mike too coach can you tell everyone a uh, hey, coach too had a clip on yes. him coach yes hey he can yes. shoot that he, ball he shot boy.
1: it like yes it was like a pistol he had that thing on the yeah. side it was perfect form it was perfect technique he used to always try to get me to change my shot and I wouldn't I didn't you know I'm young. I'm I'm fifteen, 16 years old. I'm not listening to him. I'm not, you know, cause I'm like well, it's going in. I'm like, I can shoot it too. I can shoot it, but I couldn't shoot like Mike too though. No, I can't I couldn't
0: Yeah, because I think he's the he's the currently the head coach no, at Bluffton. He's the head
1: coach at Bluffton. Yeah, he's the head coach at Bluffton. We try to okay, we try you know. to scrimmage them every year if we can.
0: Yeah, and so I I I I um I worked with uh coach two. He took a uh he took a job, uh a part time job on the weekends. Um and so that's how I first met Coach Two. And he ended up um uh inviting me over to uh Middleton and I came over there and we played one on one. I think we went to ten and I think I scored like the first five or six points, but after that he locked in and I didn't score again, man. It was yeah, really and that's wild. and that, and
1: that's when Mike yeah. Two had hair because he had hair back then. Yes. He had a lot of hair back then, back yes. in back in ninety-six, you know, ninety-seven. Now that's right. He has a bald head like well, I guess we have a bald head like him because he's older. So you so we all look alike now.
0: Yes. Right. And so for everybody that don't know um Middleton, uh in West Ashley, they had two major schools. They had St. Andrews and then they also had Middleton, um, which later um, in time, they they ended up combining the two schools and making West Ashley High School. So that's how West Ashley High School originally got started, is they they combined San Andrews and Middleton together to make one big school. You know, so um, Coach, what what type of program um, did did um, did Middleton have? Middleton,
1: Middleton, was for the good? thirty years that it was in existence, because it was in existence from nineteen seventy to two thousand, um, it had a powerhouse.
0: Yep. I think your mom yes. used to play for them too, right? And she
1: had a, and yes, and she could play. Yeah. She was on the varsity. She had a jump shot on her too. Yes, my mother. Yes, she did. Yes, she was like she was like number 30, so she was like Steph Curry before Steph Curry. And maybe even
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. And I think you're you're um didn't you didn't you tell me your mom knows um um uh what's my man's name the singer? Um, yeah, my
1: dad knows them. Um, the Darius Rucker.
0: Yes, yeah, he grew yes, up down street my dad okay. and my uncles Is it- right
1: there um, in, Orla- off of, in Orleans Woods right across from Citadel Mall. So, yes, all my my dad's side of the family knows, knows all of them. And my mom knows them, too. Yeah, my mom knows them, right. too. She does.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And so, Coach, you ended up um, graduating from Middleton, and um, you ended up going upstate to Spartanburg Methodist. Why did you go? What? What piqued your interest at Spartanburg Methodist out of um, all
1: schools? Well, I, I only applied. I didn't apply to too many schools. Um, I applied, I think, to maybe maybe one, two. I think I applied maybe to like three schools, maybe four. Yeah, I only oh, applied oh, to like did. three okay. or four schools. And um, in Spartanburg Methodist, I think it piqued it because when I went up there, we went on a visit. Um, I liked the size of the school. I liked the size of the classrooms. It wasn't too big um it wasn't too far it's only it's only about three hours so it wasn't too far from home but it was far enough from home where you I just couldn't just up and get in the car and then just say I'm going home for for the night you know what I'm saying like I had to it kind of forced me to have to grow up some where I could get have some more independence uh for myself
0: that's right. That's right. And so, um, so you ended up uh, playing for Spartanburg Methodist. or No, did, or did I didn't you play, play for them?
1: Spartanburg Methodist. So let me tell you the story, quick, quick story. So I, uh, at the time, I wasn't sure if I still wanted to play in college. So, but I said, but you know what, I, I guess I could maybe give it a try. So, uh, you know, I did some work over the summer, did right? some things, you know, got some shots up, was, was putting in, putting in some work, at least so I thought I was. And then um, I got up there and when I got up there, and I started to meet some of the guys on the team cuz they have a they have a gym it's like they got an old gym and it's like it's and this, the gym is still there I actually saw it this past summer when we took our guys for a team camp we stayed on Sparmer Methodist campus and it felt so good to be back on campus after being gone for like almost 20 years so um right. I get there and I'm playing with the guys and these guys are good when I say good they're like the best players in the state of South Carolina at the time but they weren't I right. think a lot of them weren't – either they didn't have the grades that they needed or they may have wanted to get a better look, so then they went to JUCO. They went to the, the community college route, and that's what sparked and and Methodist is a two-year right. school, and those guys were good. So they had some guys by the name of uh, – like Michael Cooper from Hemingway, Brandon Key from Silver Bluff that ended up going and play at, playing at Winthrop. Um, I think he played, and I think Coach Earl Grant might have been one of the assistant coaches for him at the time. A uh, guy by the name of Zane Gilliard played at Greer Greer High School. RJ, uh, yeah, they had some right. they had some monsters, coach. When I say monsters, monsters. So
0: and then um, my boy, uh, shout out my boy uh, Slauson. Uh, yeah, yeah, Brandon was there. there Brandon
1: actually went up there. Uh, Brandon, you played at Ford and had a really good career. And Brandon was there. Brandon was up at uh at at farmer Methodist, okay. I think, for a year. I believe I think he was there just for one year, but um. But yeah, going gotcha. there and those guys are playing, those guys are playing. So then we come around and I think it might've been like a team meeting. I, I found out, I heard about a team meeting. So I show up or like guys that I I thought it was a meeting for just guys that are interested. So I show up and when I show up to right. the meeting, uh, you know, the guys are just, they didn't say anything to me. I'm just there, just showing up, got my stuff on. And then the head coach at the time, his name is Brian Garmuth. I believe he's at, uh, I think he might be at Catawba college now or, or a, ju- a JUCO in in North Carolina, he uh, he walks up to me and asks me yeah. my name. I tell him my name, and he told me it was just for just for uh, players only or something. We're gonna have tryouts at this time, and I wasn't upset. I mean, I, I respected that. I respected that. Respected mm-hmm. him, and I left. And then when they started, I would go watch them practice. Like I didn't I didn't go tryout. I I would watch okay. them practice, and he would see me in there watching them practice because. I would be like one of the only ones. Like I'm just sitting in the stands, just watching them practice, watching some of the drills that they do, uh, watching him. You know, just learning and taking in yep. basketball. Now, my, now, mind you, now I hadn't really thought about coaching at this time, but I had just just my peak and interest of loving the game of basketball. It it kept me in the gym. Yes, and uh, and I and I think he respected. Yeah, and that so too.
0: and and I can. Right, and I can attest to that. Uh, because back in Evangel, I think we you were the only person I used to walk by your desk and you would be writing down plays and to, to figure out what would work and what wouldn't work. And I think a couple of times you might have even brought a play to the coach and said, Hey, do you think this will work? And so it just didn't like so. So, to all the players that are listening now, to the current players that listen now, this just didn't show up overnight. The coach cabers that. Coach, coach been doing this since seventh grade, you know what I mean? And so uh when you say that, I understand what you're talking about at Spartan Right. Methodist, you know. Right.
1: And I, and it was just and I and I grew to like him and and he wasn't a very he's not a very personable person where he's a real talkative, but he knows basketball and he's he's really smart and he's really good at what he does. And um and Spartan Methodist had a great year. Those two years I were there, I think they only lost maybe one home game the whole time. Like I, I think they may have only lost a total of like five or six games in two years. So they had they had to have a record oh, like, wow. I don't know, like 36 and 40, 36 and four or 34 and six or something. Like it wouldn't, they, they didn't lose. They didn't lose. The one game that they lost in the two years, they lost to um, Lewisburg College. And that's when they had, um, I think it was Helicopter that was on the and one mixed tour. I don't know if you remember Helicopter, but Hel- oh, Helicopter really? played for Lewisburg College. And he came in and he gave, he gave us like 37. Cause the our our our, our fans, wow. our, our our student section kept talking noise and he just kept giving us buckets. Every time they say something, he give us a bucket and maybe I didn't say <laughs> that, but I just shut up and list to him because I'm like, yo, like he got game. Like y'all, like you don't need to talk to him because that's just gonna like make him go off any every right. even more. You know, he drive baseline and he dunk on like three of our guys and it would be an and one and he just look at the crowd and then did go up there and hit the throw. Free- yeah, it was Ooh. sick. It was sick, coach. It was sick. But yeah, that was the only wow. game we lost at home,
0: coach. So did you have did you have your your injury uh, with your Achilles? Did you have your injury while you were at Room Methods or was that later on down coach, the that's road? That's
1: like that's like eight ten years down the road, man.
0: Okay, see, I didn't know that. Okay, all right. So you end up transferring to USC Upstate, and what? Why did you um, choose to go there?
1: Well, after I finished Methodist, I got my two year degree. Um, I went to USC Upstate because it was it was still I, I had liked Spartanburg. Spartanburg wasn't bad. I liked the area, uh, the people. I liked the people. It was a little bit different than Charleston, different different culture, um, different environment. But but I still enjoyed the um, the area. So I just I stayed in Spartanburg. I was working up there, um, and like I said, it was very good atmosphere, and I liked the school. The school was it wasn't it was it wasn't as big as University of South Carolina, Columbia, you know, as far as like the classroom size, but the size was still bigger than Sparmer Methodist. So I still wasn't like I was just a person. Like, I mean, like I was just a person, like the professors knew my name. I knew the professors names and it was still, it was still, it was good. Now, granted, I'm not sure how big it is, how how much it's still like that now, because now USC Upstate is, it's a division one school. The enrollment has, has grew the, the the school the campus is immaculate i went up there last year and saw the campus and it's huge like they've done so much construction um which i kind of expected that because as i was finishing up Methodist you could see they were they already had everything in mo they had everything in plan and everything in motion where they were looking to expand the campus. Um so right
0: okay so coach you end up um graduating from USC upstate um, you end up coaching a little bit of travel ball, um, AAU in particular, and, and um you end up getting a, a a coaching uh position over at Oakburg Prep. You ended up uh helping those guys out. What um what was um, that like?
1: Well that experience, it was I'm I'm gonna back up a little bit. It was the experience from so when I started coaching travel ball, um I had just I had just finished college. I I was just finishing up college. And I remember going into the gym, going into a rec league gym, just to kind of get a feel, just to see what was going on. And a guy was in there coaching and, and I didn't know the guy and, but I liked him. I like, I kind of liked his style. And he was coaching some younger guys. I think the kids might've been like in seventh or eighth grade at the time. And uh, so after he finished, I walked up to him and I kind of in- introduced myself and told him that I liked what he's doing. And, and and we just kind of started talking and we hit it off from there. The guy's name is uh Damian Days. He's he's uh he lives in Sumter. He actually graduated, let me back up. He actually graduated and went to Hartsville High School, which has a really good uh basketball program. And um and he went to when I found out he ended up going to Spartanburg Methodist a few years before I was there, and um he played basketball at Spartanburg Methodist. He was roommates with Coach Earl Grant, played with Coach Earl Grant at Sparber Methods for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And then oh, wow. and our, our relationship kind of grew and we started coaching travel ball together. And we're still friends, you know, to this day. And then fast forward and after I while I was coaching travel ball, um, I did that for a couple years and then oh, went on ahead and, and and received and got a job at Oak Brook Prep um, coaching uh, JV for at first and then go ahead and, and coaching varsity. That experience was like, to me, like what almost every first or second year head coach experiences when it comes to basketball. I was young. I was 25, 26. You know, I thought I knew everything. I thought, you know, I was a basketball god. And it was just, it wasn't, it, uh-huh. it was it was great for me because it, it kind of humbled me. It, it humbled me a lot. And I learned a lot. I learned that I wasn't Quite as smart as I thought I was.
0: Right. And so, Coach, did, was uh, at Oakbrook Prep, is that when you, you coached with Zion Williamson's head coach uh, at the time when he came through, uh, a fellow named Lee? No, is that when you coached what I, that's with That's not him? when I
1: coached with Lee. Lee was at, Coach Sauter was at Spartanburg Day School. That was, uh, that's the school where he coached Zion. Um, he was there. And I, but we never played each other. We never played Spartanburg Day School at the time but i did know of coach sauter because i used to coach travel basketball um under his organization and that's how i met him i met him prior to me being at oakbrook if that if that makes sense
0: gotcha okay gotcha and so coach you had an opportunity to coach the upstate kids and then also the lower state players um what do you see as a is there is there a big difference between upstate basketball and lower um, state basketball?
1: No, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that there's a difference between upstate basketball and lower state basketball. Um, the kids are the kids are the same. The, kids, the only thing really that's different is the dialect, the way they talk. But but uh, but other than that, sure, the kids are the kids. Um, it's still the state of South Carolina. Um, it's all program. It, it just, it's just based on the school and the program and how how well the head coach that's over that program is and how much he builds his program yeah, But there's really, to me, there's really no difference sure. between um, coaching upstate kids and coaching lower state kids.
0: Right, and, and, you know, basketball is basketball right. at the end of the day. You know, I, I did notice a, you know, I got a chance to coach with you at the Duke basketball camp and the and the Syracuse basketball camp as well, and I did notice a difference between the kids, their 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 focus and their intensity between the Syracuse camp and the Duke camp. So that's why I was asking that. Now, um, now, now I will I will know. add so, coach
1: that cool. now. There's but, a difference between um coaching in certain states. Like I feel as though Kids in the state, like in the, like okay. when we were at Syracuse's camp, the kids that were from New York were a little bit better as far as skill skill wise and IQ wise. Now, granted, that was three or four years ago, but I think South Carolina is starting to catch up with that, where kids are starting to focus more on the on the craft and understanding that hey, you actually got to make sure we're putting in time with this. If if that makes if that makes sense,
0: that's right. Yes, sir. It absolutely does. And so, coach, you you ended up leaving Oak Brook Prep and you ended up coming back down to the low country. Um, you ended up coaching at West Ashley High School um, for a legendary coach in the area uh, by the name of Coach Ronnie Dupree. Um, he has, um, you know, several people come behind him that are extremely good, more particularly Stan at James Island, you at Ashley Ridge. Um, how did you end up start starting the coach at West um, Ashley High
1: School? So let me back it. Well, mm, that's a, I wouldn't say a tough one. I'm trying to think on how I want to word it. So when I was, when I was in college as Farmer Methodist and I would come home, um, my younger brother, Garen, played basketball at West Ashley. And when he played at West Ashley, uh, I helped out with the JV team a little bit. And this was right around the time where coach Dupree had left James Island And, and came on over and made his transition to West Ashley high school. So, um, because when I played at Middleton, coach Dupree was at James Island and I remember him coaching because then we, him and I have had this conversation. I remember him coaching and he remembers me playing and he always gives me, um, props and always, you know, congratulates me on, 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 and always said he liked how I played. And that was one of the reasons why he, he, uh, he, he asked me to, to help him coach, um, but I moved back to, gotcha. to, to West Ashley. Um, I moved back. Coach Dupree called me. Like he found out I was back, and he called me and offered me um, the head JV job at West Ashley. And I and I turned and I yes and I turned it down. Okay. I told him no because at the school where I was working at at that particular time it was a private school. They were supposed to be having a team, and I was going to coach that team. Well, some things happened that kind of fell through. I called Coach Dupree back. Coach Dupree said, "Well, he said, well, see. He said, um, I already have a coach now. I already added a guy, his name is Nate Romberger. He said, but I would still love to have you and you're 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 welcome to come come on out." I said, "Well, okay, coach." Yes, Nate Romberger. Yes. So, great coach. So, uh, I I I came on and I sat down and I met with Nate, I met with Coach Dupree, we spoke and 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 we hit it off. We're like ebony and ivory, man. That that was, that was my man. We we meshed. We we were we were like 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 salt and pepper, you know. We were like salt and pepper, and and we right. meshed. We connected, and Nate and I coached with each other, and along with you know we coached JV together as well as assistants with Coach Ronnie Dupree for five years. I was there for five years. I think Nate might have been there eight, but Nate and I also coached travel ball with the Premier Jammers. So every year. We were coaching. We were either coaching during the season, and then after the season, we would roll right into AAU, and then after AAU, we would take like a, a couple months off, and then roll right into the season. So truly and really, basketball never stopped with us. We 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 were always coaching together, and that really at. The...
0: So I took I took yeah. I took Nate's spot right. You uh, y'all, y'all were the original. Right. You had <laughs> <Ivory>. <laughs> so right, So, right. so I, I don't took think he minds spot. that. I don't think he <laughs>
1: minds that at all.
0: So. <laughs> Nah cuz I I yes, am yes, holding down are. all right man so um coach so what so whenever you went to West Ashley I remember um you telling me um about some of the practices of Coach Dupree, you was like, I don't know where this guy comes up with some of this stuff. Uh, you were talking about ice and ball screens, screening the screener, flare screens. You, you were talking about all kind of uh, crazy stuff and, and, um, and just the mastermind that Coach Dupree is. Um, what did you learn most from Coach Dupree everything. while you were there?
1: <laughs> no, I learned everything while yeah. I was there. When I got with him, that is when I realized that I didn't know as much as I thought I knew. And everything that he. Right. He is a, he is he's a, student, a student of the, of the game. game so everything you know? that he did. I was like, well, if, if this man has had this much success over this amount of time, I have to figure out. or well, I want to do exactly what he's doing. And if I got to make a tweak to some things, I will so that it can it can benefit me and, and fit me. But I want to do a lot of what he's doing because he's had some success. He's had a lot of success doing it. And, um. But the, the biggest right. thing that I that I gained from him was his preparation. The way that he the way that he prepares for um, the season, the way he prepares for the offseason, the way he prepares for um, the practices, the way he prepares for the games. It was the preparation is what I what I got from him. And, and, that, was, and that was that was that was huge. That okay, took yeah. that away so, from from that program.
0: Yeah, so I had on my list. Uh, you you always say a quote. As a matter of fact, you had the quote on your voicemail. Um, uh, and that's my favorite quote. Is preparing to fail. I had a I, yes, and so I asked. I was going to ask you where did you get that from, but you just answered it. Uh, yes, coming from yes, Coach Rica, I believe. Depree,
1: right, and I think I may have heard um a, a numerous amount of people say it. I think Ben Franklin said it. Um, I think I think either W. B. Debose. Like I I've heard so many people say it. I've seen it like everywhere. I see. I've seen it everywhere.
0: Right. Well, not that, not that, um, not that, Not that. Coach Free would say it, but uh, I think he yeah. he lived it more than he said it. You know what I mean? So I think that maybe where you got that from. Um, so you end up leaving uh, West Ashley High School. You come on over to Ashley Ridge. Um, actually, we co- we the Jammers in between there, but I won't get into that. Um, we 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 came came. You came over to Ashley Ridge High School. Um, you coach underneath another legendary. Uh, low country head coach uh, and and coach um, Brad Dobbles. Um, Coach Dobbles coached at Goose Creek High School. He was an assistant coach at CSU. Uh, Really a genius on offense. He'll confuse the fool out of you uh, with some of the stuff that he comes up with um, and and have you scratching your head. But what was it like coming over to Ashley Ridge uh, from West Ashley? What was it like? uh, Coach Dobbles uh, Dobbles?
1: is a a great offensive-minded coach. Um, I think it's it, it stems from his play, cause he played at Baptist College back in the back in the eighties, cause cause Coach Dobbs can play. Yes, Coach Dobbles can he, play. He can, he coach can shoot can the rock. Coach. I think Coach Dobbles still can play. And Coach Dobbles, he has a jump shot on him. And when I say jump shot between him, Sam Mead and Mike too, those 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 guys can shoot that thing. They can shoot lights out. And um but yeah, when he got with a coach Dobbles, him. here, I learned a lot of you know, with Coach Dobbles, because Coach Dobbles, you know, he was at Goose Creek, and then he went to Charleston Southern, and then he went to, he was at Ashley Ridge. Um, so, with, with Coach Dobbles, he had a lot of uh, college experience as well. So he brought not just the offensive aspect to the game that I that I watched because he's like he's an offensive guru. And yeah, sometimes it would confuse you, but it worked. That that was the thing about it. It it would work, and it, you do. Right it worked to perfection and it would be right it would be so easy I'm like, man if they could just get this then we we got it so you got the offensive aspect of it that he was good and then he brought college a lot of college um, knowledge to the game a lot of college knowledge to the game knowledge, you, yeah you watch the film you dissect the film um you could here's how you prepare for you in your off season with your shooting and your, your player development things like that is what I learned from him and and it helps. and I, 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 We've carried it on. We use it in our program or continue to use it in our program at Ashley Ridge because when Coach Dobbles was at Ashley Ridge, he did a really great, he did a great job turning the program around. And I was fortunate enough to, to, to get the job and just kind of carry on what he started and then just continue to build on it year after year after year after year.
0: Right, and I think whenever you first uh came on to uh became the head coach over at Ashley Ridge, uh one of your uh, statements that you said to me was, "I want to change the culture of Ashley Ridge basketball." And I think, yes, uh, Coach Dobbles set that in motion. Um, whenever he came up, and whenever he came aboard, and you took over, um, he he really set that in motion. Um, what did you did you did you become yes. the JV head yeah, coach your my, second year? Second
1: year, I became or third the, year the head JV coach. Um, and 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 we did a we did a pretty good okay. job. It was got stuff that the guys were getting used to. We had a we had a really good group of guys. Um they had they had really good coaches, you know, prior to them and we you know, they 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 kind of stepped down and took some different roles and and we went on ahead and we got in there. We had like I said we had a really good set of guys that we coached. Those guys that we were coaching there, they were actually seniors this year. So those guys are elite. You know, those guys are are gone now. Um but uh we Started, right. you know, head JV coach, and then Coach Dobbles went on ahead and took um, an assistant job on the college level at Francis Marion. And um, Francis Marion, and right. then last year, or eighteen nineteen, I was the the head varsity coach, um, the eighteen nineteen year, and, and and then this year just finished my second year.
0: Yep, and so that that year, I, the second year, I came on with you. I, you know, I, I it was my first year as a as a high school coach. And, and, uh one, uh, one of the things that I really took away from that is how, uh, I learned how important a positive attitude is, um, and how a negative attitude can directly affect, um, not only you, but your team and, and everybody involved. So I think that, that a positive attitude, uh, you know, uh, the importance of it is what I really, really took away. Um, so fast forward. Um, so your third year, you end up taking the uh, coach Dobbles ends up taking the the assistant coach job at Francis Marion. You end up taking the varsity head coach uh, position. Um, you win that. You win that um, that sweepstakes there. And so, um, what did you take? Uh, what did you? Um, how how was your first year? Um, as, a, as, a, it was as a varsity good. Head coach.
1: I think it was good. We um the we had a lot of we had a lot of talent that year. A lot of really good individual guys. Um, the biggest thing that I was that I wanted us to do is try to mesh the uh, mesh, the guys mesh, the individualism the the individual skills that we had and put it all together. Cause we had a lot of, a lot of good players. We had a lot of egos, um, but we had a lot of talent, but it's, it's hard. You got to, it's really right. hard when you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta put it all together and get those guys to buy into. It's not just about the individual aspect. It's the team aspect. And once we get it where, the team flourishes, then everybody's going to flourish, you know, and I think those guys were, they were, that's right. They were, at first they were, you know, we're going to be, it was just individual, individual, individual. I got to get mine. I got to get mine. I got to get mine. Versus if we get ours at the end, we all will all prosper. at the Right. End.
0: Yes. And I think, I i don't know if you remember me um, speaking to those guys and giving them uh, the quote, Um, That said uh, a rising tide brings all ships up. And so if the program uh, succeeds, then everybody else succeeds as well. And everybody else starts drawing attention uh, because the program succeeded. And so um, a rising tide brings all ships up is what I, you know, what I stress to them continually, you know. And um, so, so we ended up uh, we beat James Island twice in the regular season. Uh, we ended up playing them in the first round of the playoffs. We ended up losing to them in the first round um, to a, to a heartbreaker. There, um, the fourth year, uh, which is uh, the, your second year as a head coach, we ended up having a, having a team that listened a little bit better. They weren't as talented, but they they listened better. Uh, and sometimes you can go further with a team that listens uh, better than a, than a, than a talented team does. You know what I mean? So, um, how, how, what was your second takeaway year? From the
1: second year? Um, same thing. Uh, I, I knew that we had a chance to be really good, um, because we had guys that like, like, I, like you just said, I knew we weren't as talented as the pre as that first year, but I knew that we were, um, that we listened. I know that those guys would listen and that they would play harder. Um, because that was that was just it was ingrained in them, and right. that, was, that was just that group of guys. Um, and that's not to take away from that that first group because that first group played hard too. They did, but I think that second group they were part of that first group, and they 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 knew that playing hard would get there. But they also knew that we need to listen a little. Bit, we need to listen a little bit more, and they actually did that. And with that being said, they did just as yes. well. I think the record our records were the exact same. Um, the first two years at 17 and eight. The only difference is this year um, we tied for the region championship. So we split the region championship with Fort Dorchester, Fort Dorchester just received the first seed of the play of the number one seed in the playoffs because they won the head to head. Like we both finished six and two this year in the region, but since they beat us two times, they got the number one seed and we got the number two, but, but overall we both did split the region. So, this year was our first year um, at Ashley Ridge yes. winning uh, the region championship. And that has never happened before. So that's been something, that's been sure. something very good. And that's, that's great for the program. And the guys were excited about it.
0: Right. And I think it's, you know, uh, it's all a process. It's all, you know, it's like, kind of like building a wall. You put one brick on top of the other and you know, th- that's an accomplishment that they have never done before. And we look forward to building On the third year, uh, your fifth year, your third year's head coach, um, so be this coming year. Hopefully, we will have a season um, this next coming year. Hopefully, that the COVID doesn't uh, hinder that as well. Uh, But what are you? uh, What can we look forward to? Um, I think this this next
1: year year? we can look forward to guys. These guys are going to play even harder than the last group. Um, We got a lot of young guys. I think we got we got a lot of young guys coming up. But I think with this younger group. With them being younger, I think they're gonna listen more, because usually young the younger guys gonna listen more. They're gonna play harder, um, and they're hungry because they have something to prove. Because now it's it's no longer the the Jalen Williams or the or the Ahmad Browns or the or the Rashad Browns or the Hamptons. Those guys are gone. So now it's it's their time, and they have to make a statement right. to to show that hey, we do belong and we, we, there it wasn't, it's not just all them. Like we're, we're good too. Like we have something to represent and play for. So I think with right. us being young, um I think those guys are hungry. I think they're going to play hard. um And I think they're going to listen. The talent may not be as much as it was, like it, as, yes. as it was, you know, in the, in the last couple years, but those guys really will, they're going to work hard. They're going to grind. um And they're going to, I think they're going to have fun doing it.
0: Yes. And coach, I, I truly, truly believe uh, I've always said um, that successful teams aren't lucky. They they grind. Uh, they do the little things. Um, they they believe they develop a belief in themselves and their teammates um successful players they manage themselves um no one has to stand over their shoulder and tell them what to do um they earn their respect um the uh, success successful players produce results and not excuses and i think this coming team that we have uh coming up this next year i think they really really fit that yes, description you know, i agree they really I, want to work I, hard, I completely
1: you know? agree with that coach i couldn't so, disagree i couldn't disagree at all i i agree so much i agree from the very first thing you just said to the last thing. I think success yes. is something that, that you have to work for, you have to grind, and you have to earn it. And, and guess and at the end of the day, you'll appreciate it more because That's you right. know
0: how much you had to work for that. Yes. And so so when you mention success, what is what does success look like to you? What what is success whenever somebody mentions uh, you success, know if you're successful success or not? What is that what does that mean to you?
1: You are giving. A hundred and twenty percent in every single thing that you do that's whether you're playing basketball, whether you're working on a paper, whether you are cleaning a car, whether you are exercising whether you're at work at everything that you do you're giving hundred and twenty percent and you're leaving it all out at, at whatever it is that you do you're leaving it all out you're not leaving you're not going to have any regrets you you basically won't have any energy because you've exhausted all of your resources and everything that you have in that. So that is success to me. So then when you're finished, you will know that you gave it your all and you did the best that you could. And you didn't, you didn't make any excuses. You did everything that right. you could to the best of your ability. That's, that's what success
0: is. Right. So coach, <laughs> so coach, finish this statement right here. Coach, the older I get the that more I have I to I keep learning. What.
1: <laughs> yeah right yeah you're right the older I get the more I got to keep learning because guess what now as I'm getting older <laughs> you're starting to see it's, it's which we knew it was coming but that technology is just being more advanced and more advanced and more advanced now granted you still yep. got to remember the basics you still got to re- remember and, and keep your foundation there and, and remember the things that you've experienced and went through and, and carry that with you but know that you got to add on to it and continue to keep learning.
0: Yes. Uh, coach, I wanted to ask you, um, I have, you know, I've been by your side for, for uh, a very long time now. And so I, I've seen, you know, through the ups and the downs and the emotions of the game, I've seen maybe some referees make some really, really bad calls or something just crazy happen in a game. <laughs> How do you manage to stay calm during the emotions oh, man, that's of, funny, uh, coach. of the game? Um,
1: one thing that I, I try and do is I try not to get too caught up in the emotions of the game because basketball is a game of runs. So it's up and down. Um, and, and that's not just runs as far as like this team scores yep. or this team goes on a run. This good. Like runs considered. You can you, you, count emotions as, as part of a game of runs as well. So I always try to be opposite of the players. So if the, just for for the time though, you know, unless it's like at the end of the right. game, you know, and then we won and we chair and then yeah, you know. But that's that's only to a certain degree. But it's I always try to be opposite of the players. So if the players are down, I gotta be up because I gotta make sure that they know that we still gotta continue to play through the all because it's not over.
0: Um, and then with right, and they, right. Look for, they and they right. need somebody to look forward to for guidance, and you, you know you, you always end up being that and you know you're you stay even keeled throughout the whole time, and so that's what I like that's what I've learned about you is you you stay you stay level the whole time whether you know whether somebody makes a three point right. shot or whether somebody loses the right. ball you, right. you, you, and normally then also you stay your emotions for the most sometimes part, your you know? emotions
1: can affect your judgment and how you think, so so you gotta if, if you're always thinking. You got to yes. stay even, like you said, you got to stay even keel and stay locked in to what's going on, to the game plan, to everything that's going on, the clock, the referee, the, the ball, the players, the other, the opposing team, you got to be locked in, and, the, and the, the more focused you are and not caught up in your emotions, I think the more of an of an advantage that you have. So, like I said, just being opposite of the players helps. If the players are up, yes. really up, because we went on an 8-0 run, a 10-0 run, and it's two minutes in the game and we up six. We still got. I gotta be down because I'm like, hey, the game isn't over. We still gotta, we still gotta finish it. You know, we gotta finish this first. That's you know? right. And then once we get into the locker room, you know, then it's a little bit different. Yes. I may mean, show some more emotion and and talk to the guys and go from there. But that's only for a certain amount of time because guess what? That happened on Tuesday. Now we got to start getting ready for Friday. So enjoy the night, enjoy the win, get some rest. Be ready in the morning That's you right. know, for to go shoot or whatever it is that we're doing or be ready the next day for practice to to get ready for Friday.
0: Yep. Coach, what is what has basketball taught you that carries uh, over into other what areas has Basketball of your
1: life? taught me that I have cat that I need to carry over to other parts of my life. Um besides the preparation, um yes. that you can't allow um it's like you know we tell we, we tell the kids if something happens something bad happens you got to move on to the next play. Okay? And and just like if something good happens that's good, but you can't continue to like live off of that good thing or harp on that good thing. You got to life still goes on like you got to move on to the next play. So when I, when I'm dealing with life when when bad things bad things have happened right. or something bad happens that okay you don't want to harp on it too much you, you think about it you reflect on it you learn from it now it's time to we got to we got to go ahead and push forward and let's let's move on to the next the the next thing so i think that's the biggest thing the next the next play you know we got a drill that's right. that i learned i think i got it from Alan stein um, i do with tennis balls so we got a drill where we get in a circle and we, we bring out tennis balls it's kind of it's, it's called the next play drill and we'll we'll put the guys in a circle, put like six guys in one circle, six guys in another circle. I guess this is a drill that we can still do, but now we gotta be extremely spread out for social distancing. Well, actually, I don't know, because we got we, we can't touch the tennis ball unless we got on latex gloves or something. But you you get in the circle, and when you get in the circle, you throw the tennis ball, you you, you throw the tennis ball to a person, and that person can't be next, like directly next to you. They can be across from you, but they can't be directly next to you. And then the same thing goes for the next person, and then they just con- we just continue right. throwing the ball to the same person. Well, eventually we add another ball, and then that person is throwing the ball. So now we got two balls going, and then three, then etc. Well, if the ball, if someone drops the tennis ball, everyone's natural instinct is to stop, and someone they go and run and go get the ball and come back. Well, no, we call it next play because if you drop that ball, yeah, it's okay. Keep focusing on the balls that are coming and then wait for the for another ball that's going to get added to come in. So it's it's just something small that we do. uh, It's like a team building drill just to kind of start programming their minds that you got to focus on the next play. Like you can't, you can't harp on the, on the, on the bad, just because it happened.
0: Yes, and I really, really like that drill. I really learned a lot from that drill. Um, like you said, you, you can't worry about the, the good right, or the bad. Right. You just got to keep focus on the next play. You know what I mean? Um, coach, if offense wins games and defense wins championships, who, who's going to win in, in the end? If, if, if they meet, if offense they meet, wins, if they meet games in the and end, defense who, who's, who's wins championships. Gonna
1: win? <laughs> Which one's going to win? The team, with, yeah. the team with the team with the team. I'll say the team with (laughs) the best players. (laughs) Yeah, the team with the best players (laughs) are going to win. So in that case, it'll be the Clippers. The Clippers plays the best defense, and they got some guys that can play pretty good offense too. (laughs)
0: I'll take I'll take that answer man I'll take that answer coach um well coach I I don't want to hold you up too much longer man I just want to tell you thank you for coming on the podcast um thank you for sharing your knowledge um I look forward to this next season coming up with Ashley Ridge High School I can't wait to get out there with those guys um and and continue showing them uh what we know um you know I I just want to tell you thank you I know how busy you are and you know it's just a just a, a complete honor for you to be able to spend time with us yes, and share. I share appreciate your you for having me, man. Thank you know anytime.
1: I love talking it up so, and uh, just thank you yeah, for the so, opportunity.
0: Yep. Yep. So, anybody that needs to reach us, we ssccheckup at gmail.com. Um, we'll catch you on the next one, everybody. I appreciate you uh, joining and listening. Thanks, coach. And Take coach, care. Thank you for your time, man. I'll, I'll- Thank you for joining the Checkup Podcast. Tune in every week for a new guest and a new adventure in South Carolina sports. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Find us on all streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can reach us at sccheckup at gmail.com. Checkup.